right, you could be seated. Listen, if you were with us last week, it was interesting because we, we talked about fractured faith. We talked about something a lot of people don't want to talk about, and that is the unforeseen problems. And, uh, man, I'm excited because I, I want you to know that if you're here, as Kinsey said, and you feel broken, you're not alone. We're all, we've been there. Some of us are still there. I've been there. I, I felt like I was there for months and months, especially through uh, our, my nephew's cancer. And the interesting thing about being there is you don't know if everybody can see what you're going through. You know what I'm saying? We're going through a series right now uh, called Shattered, Putting Life Back Together God's Way. And so last week we looked at fractured faith. And we talked about that subject of losing your faith, if you would. And the interesting thing about it was uh, when you have fractured faith, you, you can see there's a problem. And you go, God, I got a big problem. And Mary and Martha, we looked at their life and they had a big problem. And it was the fact that their brother was dying. He was sick. And then we looked at the fact that there was not just a problem, there was a plead. And, uh, and then when we look at the plead, it was a prayer to, to, to God, Jesus. And it was like, we need you to show up right now and do something because there's an issue at, on our experience at this moment. And if you don't show up, it's just going to get worse. I think the kids are having a good time, don't you? <laughs> and that's the nursery. It's not even the kids. That's the smaller ones. So uh, I'm sure Chad will help them calm down a little bit. Yeah. I didn't know VeggieTales was that good. Yeah. So, but we were looking at the problem that caused the fracture, and then there was this plead, and then after the plead, there was this pause because Jesus never showed up. And so these women are going, I don't understand. We, we ask you to show up. We're friends with you. We love you. You love us, but yet you didn't do anything about it. So the fractures continue to spread. And then finally, we see the purpose, and Jesus shows up, and it was for his glory because he said, I don't want to just heal him of the sickness. I want to raise him from the dead. And multiple people that were there at, at that tomb come to know and believe in Jesus. And so now I find us walking into a new portion. Um, this part is the shattered life. If you don't get the fractures under control and resolve them, what happens is you fall apart. You, you'll shatter. And when you shatter, you're picking up pieces and going, where do I go from here? Fractures are hard to see, but a shattered life is usually pretty evident. You can tell when somebody's shattered because they, they're carrying around these pieces, and it's not easy for them to know what to do with those pieces because they don't know how to put it back together, whether it's their marriage, their family, their, family, their social life, if it's their faith in God. You can see the remnants, the pieces they're carrying around, and sometimes... You can see how they've tried to put it back together. Kristen, in our opening uh, welcome video last week, was talking about a puzzle that I have in my office that everybody seems to think they know how to put it back together. And it drives me crazy. I'm just being transparent. If you go to my office, just leave the barrel alone because it's a barrel puzzle. It's for intelligent people. Now, if you're an intelligent person, maybe have at it. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not an intelligent person. And so every time somebody comes to my office and they start to pull it apart, I always seem to say in a nice way, please don't mess with that. It's just there for looks. Because when you pull it apart, 
Somebody has to put it back together, and if I put it back together, it never looks right. And I, I feel like that's what happens with a shattered life. We're looking at all these pieces, and I'll show you in just a minute, and we're like, I think it goes like this, and it's the ugliest puzzle by the end that you've ever seen. And that's what shattered people look like when they're trying to put it back together. There's basically three types of people here. We have those that are fractured. Those are the ones that their faith is just getting very, it's being affected by something. And you're losing your faith. And you see these fractures appearing. And then you have shattered. Those are the ones that the fractures have come and gone. And now it is just flat out cracked and falling apart. And those are the people that are broken in life because the fractures never were resolved. And then you have the mended, and we're going to talk about that next week, which really stinks for today because uh, I like to have um, a conclusion that gives hope. And today we're only going to cover the beginning of the story, and we don't get to see the full story until next week, which is the mended part. But those are people that have been through some things, and they learned some things, and they saw God put them back together. And they're in a good place for now. If you are living a shattered life, let me be very blunt with you, okay? You have to accept this. You're broken. You're, you're not in a good place. And because you're broken, uh, something obviously broke you. Something got you to this place where you're shattered, you're falling apart. And you may not really completely understand what did that to you. But by the end of today... Not today. We're not going to be here all day. <laughs> it's a one-hour service. I hope we can stay within that. But by the end of this service, if you would, I hope you can walk away understanding what broke you. Because you can't get things fixed if you don't know what's wrong. If you all following me? So we're going to look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 25, and we're going to look at the life of a woman that was broken. Now, this story for you that if you know the Bible, if you've read it, if you've been a part of Sunday school, maybe you've been in church multiple times, you probably know this story. But if you're not familiar with the story, let me explain. In Mark chapter 5, there's a woman with an issue of blood. And she's been dealing with for a long time this issue of blood, and it's not been resolved. And so finally, Jesus shows up, and she hears that he's in town, which is just exciting. I mean, it's like hearing a celebrity has come to town, but this is the son of God, and she believes that he's the son of God. So she's really excited to go and see him. And she's so excited that she can go and see him, she can actually experience what he has to offer. Because when Jesus shows up, he feeds people. That's a big deal. Everybody likes to get fed, especially free food. He, he helps people. That's a big one. He shows up and he helps people. Uh, not just helps them, that he, he actually will take them from being sick and without hope and giving them hope. And then for some, he gives them the opportunity to truly believe that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. So she believes this is it. This is her opportunity. So in Mark chapter 20, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, we don't know the woman's name. It just says a certain woman. And she had an issue of blood for 12 years. In verse 26, it said she suffered many things from different physicians and spent all that she had, but never got better. Actually, she got worse. So what I want to do is take a few minutes and help you understand how the shattered life develops. Okay? So are you all with me? Everybody with me? Are we ready? All right. Because you may be sitting here thinking, I'm real good. I'm doing real good. But your marriage doesn't look like it's doing good. Your kids don't like you. And they're two. All right? That's a problem. That's a problem if your child's two years old and they don't like you. Listen. There's signs 
of a broken, shattered life. And if you don't see them and don't understand them, you can't get them fixed. So here we are, Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood. All right, so the translation of the word issue in verse 25 is flow. Uh, the woman was dealing with a disorder that caused her to have a constant flow of blood. That's so disturbing to think, but it never ended. She never had relief. It was hemorrhaging every day of her life for the last 12 years. Now, for us as men, we may not understand what she's going through, but I'm going to tell you, for a woman in this period of time, that was a curse. Not because of what we experience in today's culture, but because she was not welcomed anywhere during that time. If you were going through that seven-day period of time, you're not allowed to be out. You're unclean. But if you're living it every day of your life, that means you never go anywhere. You have no social life. You have no communication. You are stuck within your problem. You are a shattered, broken person. But the interesting thing about the word issue, it's not just translated as flow, but I love the way the King James translators use the word issue instead of just the word flow because the word issue can also be understand in today's, understood in today's culture as trouble. How many relate to that? Trouble. Troubles are some things that we experience in life, and we just simply call it issues. I got issues. And now if you're sitting here and you ain't got issues, then you will eventually, or you're just lying to yourself. Everybody has issues. Everybody has these things that we would call, as the Bible refers to, as trouble. Everybody that's experiencing an issue or has these troubles has to understand this. It's very important. A shattered life always starts with an issue. I'm going to clarify some things about that in just a minute. But you were never promised by God that you wouldn't have issues. You were never promised by God that you wouldn't go through troubles. You say, well, I'm a believer. I shouldn't go through this. Why do good things happen to uh, bad things? Bad things happen to good people. I've, I've asked God that question so many times. Why is this person in my life suffering with this? When there's so many people out there that do not care about their life, why don't you give it to them? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Why do I have an issue when they don't have any issues? They have issues. They do. Everybody does. But you're wondering why in my life, because I love the Lord, am I dealing with troubles? Because you were never promised you weren't going to deal with troubles and issues. Because we live in a sin-cursed world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 does tell us this in verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are pro perplexed, but not in despair. We have hope. The thing about our troubles and our issues is this, we're not forsaken, as the Bible says in verse 9. Now, we might be cast down, but we're not destroyed. So let me explain it. In just a minute, we're going to look at the vessel over here, this vase, this pot. One's whole and one's destroyed. God's word is trying to tell us, if you have a shattered life, if you have issues, if you have troubles, you're cast down. But let me tell you, it may look like you're destroyed as those pieces are laying there, but it's not really that at all. A shattered life always starts with an issue. The woman in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, had an issue of blood, but it wasn't just a blood issue. It was a life issue. It, it was a, a, a slowly shattering her. Till there was nothing left to pick up. It was tiny remnants 
I don't know what your issue is, and I, I don't know what you're dealing with, uh, but if you're shattered here today, I think you cannot get past your shattered life unless you first understand that you have an issue because a shattered life always starts with an issue, and this is important too. A shattered life develops over time. It, if you look at Mark chapter 5, verse 25, and I know this is so simplistic, but I'm a simplistic person, and I think we'll remember it if it's easy to remember. So Mark chapter 5, the beginning of verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood for how many years? Twelve, thanks. How many years? Y'all with me? Twelve years is a long time. If you don't know that 12 years is a long time, have a kid and see them grow up for 12 years and see what it does to your life. 12 years. When they hit 12 years old, you'll be like, man, it has been a long 12 years. 12 years is a long time. And let me say this, a shattered life develops over time, and there is a difference between, and let's go back to the word issue, okay? Because I think some of you might get confused on there. There's a difference between an issue and a problem. And how does this relate to developing over time? I'll explain. They're very similar. And some of you right now are saying, no, there's not. Issues and problems are the same. Just calm down. I'm going to explain. Are you all with me? A problem develops abruptly. Last week, I used the mirror as an illustration, that beautiful hand-crafted Amish mirror. And then I took the hammer, which represented the problem, and I hit the mirror three times because it wouldn't break. It was so well-made. Finally, it cracks. We see fractures all over it, and we're thinking, oh, my goodness, Dave, you're so bad about money. You, you, you wasted so much on that mirror. But it was a good illustration. Plus, I got it on Craigslist. It was cheap. The point was clear. This was beautifully made with purpose. But a problem fractured it, and it was abrupt. It was abrupt. It hit so quickly and shattered or fractured so quickly. But when it comes to an issue, issues are progressive. Let me illustrate, because I like illustrations. I'll explain it this way. So Brianna says to me, Dave, come into the bathroom. There's a problem. I'm like, what's the problem? I hate hearing there's a problem. I always feel like I hear there's a problem. Under the sink, she said, there's a pipe loose, and it's gushing water. I'm going to blame you, because I think it was when you came over, and I just feel better blaming you. Is that all right? We'll always blame the plumbers. Um, but uh, so I was like, what? So I try to fix it. Me and you talked about how bad I am with this. But I, I put it back together. I, I resolved the problem. Y'all proud of me? <laughs> I fixed it. It was a plumbing issue. I fixed it. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, man. So I fixed the problem immediately because if I didn't, the water would cause the cabinet to dilapidate and fall apart. Eventually, it would have been an issue. You all follow me? Well, one thing I did notice later on while I was in the bathroom, I'm not going to go into details, but by the toilet, there is a tile. And there was a hairline crack in the tile. And it's been there for a while. But over time, I'd keep on looking down to see that crack is and then what was going on with it because I'm wondering is there an issue or is this just a problem well it would crack and crack and crack and guess what just the other day I noticed it's completely shattered and it's pushed up because there's something leaking underneath and it's been leaking for a long time it was a problem that wasn't dealt with that became an issue and then it swelled cracked the tile shattered it the crowds come out it looks nasty and I have a bad feeling 
it's leaking from the toilet, which makes it even worse. I mean, we're dealing with some nasty stuff here. Y'all follow me? Have I fixed it yet? No. No, that's why I have a father-in-law that knows how to deal with tile, and I'll probably have my father-in-law come over, and dad, you can fix it. But right now, it's an issue because it happened over a long period of time. Problems are bad. Issues are worse. And this woman, in this passage of scripture, had an issue. Her issue didn't happen overnight. It developed over 12 years. Your marriage problems, issues, if you would, let's focus on the word issue, didn't happen overnight. Your children's rebellion didn't happen within a week. Your, your financial issues didn't happen because of one bad decision. Is everybody with me? Yeah. A shattered life develops over time. Life's issue always take time to develop, especially the issue of sin. That's why in James chapter 1, verse 15, the Bible says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It doesn't just, boom, bring forth death. It's conceived, and over time, it brings destruction. Everybody with me? Your shattered life started with an issue, but shattered life develops over time. Issues develop over time, and when not properly treated, they get worse. According to verse 26, if you go to the next verse, she didn't get better, but rather grew worse. I like how the, the translators use the word grew. It, it grew into something much worse than it originally was. When it comes to issues, this is very important to understand. Issues get worse when not treated, properly treated, because the Bible says that she went to multiple physicians, but they didn't have a clue what to do. Actually, it just made it worse. A shattered life develops over time, and when it does, if it's not treated, it gets worse. It's like getting in a car wreck. I've never been in a serious car wreck. Thank you, Jesus, and I hope I don't. How many have ever been in a pretty serious car wreck? Okay. I don't know what happened after that car wreck, if you had a broken bone, broken back, some kind of injury, but I'm sure this did happen. You didn't sit in the car and go to the paramedics, I don't need help. I know I can't use this and it's kind of floppy, but I think I'm going to leave this problem just like it is and let it become an issue, a long-lasting issue, so for the rest of my life, I'm Mr. Floppy Arm. I think that's a good nickname, Floppy Arm. No, because you needed to take care of the problem immediately because over time, it becomes an issue, and when an issue is not treated properly, it will soon devastate and shatter you. A long-lasting issue. You're crippled. You will get the therapy you need. You will get the cast put on. You'll go see the doctor and have them work with you and the therapist work with you. What's my point? Adultery, rebellion, finances, abuse, each of these can be detrimental if they're not immediately handled and properly treated. The woman with the issue of blood had an issue. It's a problem. And over time, it became something more substantial than just a problem. It became an issue that started to shatter her. And because she couldn't get the, pro the proper treatments, it destroyed her. So it goes back to us. Your marital issues will slowly fade into a separation or even a divorce if you do not get the proper counsel. You say, I just don't like counselor. Suck it up, buttercup. Maybe you need one. I'd rather have my marriage and sit in a, in, in a room with somebody that knows what they're talking about from a biblical point of view, then lose everything. 
Y'all following me? Divorce is never pretty. How many can testify you've seen it? Raise your hand. Yes, never ends well. But if you do not get the proper treatment, it always will go south. Your children will continue to drift into rebellion if you don't handle the rebellion. So when they're 16 years old and they finally get the car and they decide, you're not going to stop me. And you're like, I'll physically bust them. I'd like to see that happen when you go to jail. I always think it's funny when people are like, y'all bust them up. Yeah, you'll bust them up and then go to jail. That's not, that's not the remedy. You're just as bad as they are. Are y'all following me? No, no, you, you need to get an answer for their rebellion before they spit in your face, walk out the door, get in their car and do as they please. Because if this problem isn't handled over time, it will shatter because it becomes an issue. And if the issue is not properly treated as she needed proper treatment, it always ends bad. Now, stop, think, where are you at? Where are you at? Because I can name some things in my personal life and if I put it on the screen, it would just get awkward. But I can tell you, I have some issues. Some of you are like, yes, you do. <laughs> and if I'm not, Iris, why are you laughing? If I'm not properly treating those issues, eventually I'm going to shatter. Now, I can go to the wrong people, and I can try to get some help, and it ain't going to end well. Your financial issues will never end well. They'll end in, in debt. If you don't get a financial advisor, I know a good one, and you don't get to the point you have biblical stewardship. So, well, I just spin, spin, spin. Yep, I know, and it shows. Y'all following me? Where are we at? A shattered life starts with an issue, and a shattered life develops over time. Now, I think this is simplistic, so let's just go to the next part of this passage of Scripture, okay? In Mark chapter 5, verse 26, the Bible says, suffered many things. This woman suffered many things and went through a lot of positions. So right here in her life, she's finding herself going, where do I go from here? What do I do? And, and with time, you'll find yourself asking the question, who am I? Because I don't even know who I am anymore. Because your life has been redefined by your issues. You, 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 you don't even see yourself the same. You're no longer the same. Okay, Let me, I'm going to walk over here and look at this, okay? We have two pots here. One is a vessel that's complete and whole. I love the word whole because we'll see it next week in the, in, in the message when she gets made whole. And the other is in pieces. It's shattered. This is what you were meant to look like. We're referred to in the Bible as a vessel. This is not what you were meant to look like. How many would agree with that? Would you just nod your head or something? Amen. All right. <laughs> I think that's pretty easy to understand. You, you weren't meant to look like this. But what happens is, in life, when we get shattered, and it develops over time and gets worse and worse, what happens is this. It redefines who you are. Because you don't see yourself like that. When you first got married, oh, wasn't it nice? Maybe for some. I don't know. You guys, you guys enjoyed that time together, right? When you first had kids, weren't they cute? Even when they pooed? Yes. We took pictures of our first, our Christian's first poo. We still have it. I'll show you sometime. We were so excited. It looked good. We knew our identity. We're new parents. We're newlyweds. We, we're doing really good. We have this nest egg and everything's coming together. That's what we look like. But over time, something happened. You had problems that developed into issues, and then they shattered your life, and now you're going, 
I don't even know who I am. I, I don't get it anymore. He said, well, we're married. Are we married or are we just roommates? We don't even sleep in the same room. It's not because you snore. I'm learning I, I snore now. I blame COVID. You can blame COVID. You can blame COVID for everything in life. I'm fat. COVID. <laughs> but I look at these pieces and I'm looking, I'm thinking, I don't even know what my relationship with my kids is anymore. I have no identity. I don't even know how to talk to people anymore. Especially my spouse. I don't even know where I fit in at church. You know why? Because all you have is pieces and remnants. You no longer look like that. That I can tell you what it is. But you would never know that that pot is right here. It's twin, would you? Because it doesn't look the same. Because when you are shattered, a shattered life redefines who you are. You're trying to figure it out. The Bible says suffered many things. Let me, let me put it this way. In order for me to smash this pot, I had to hit it over and over and over again. You would think that wouldn't be true because it's pottery, right? I was in the garage, and my wife comes in and says, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to smash this pot. I mean, I'm such a weenie. I can't even smash a pot with a hammer. And I finally, after about a shush, about seven times, smashed it. Now, follow me on this. When your life is redefined, it's because something hit you over and over and over again. Bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship. Abuse after abuse after abuse. And I'm not, not just talking about physical abuse in the home. I'm talking about possibly uh, mental and emotional abuse. You've been hit and hit and hit till you don't know who you are. Are you all with me? Man, that's where she's at. Each piece representing a different issue. Because some of you may only have the top of that pot broke. But some of you in here are going, everything in my life is broke. Let me make it real simple for you, okay? If you don't have purpose and know what you were meant to be, then you're probably broke. Because you can't see the bigger picture. You find yourself struggling to communicate with friends, family, your spouse, even God. You don't even know how to talk to God anymore. This is when Satan makes his best moves. Because we don't have clarity. We don't have an identity. So if you're struggling your marriage, this is when Satan introduces somebody new to your marriage. That's when adultery happens. So maybe because I don't know what I'm supposed to look like in my marriage, I don't know what we're supposed to be in our marriage, maybe this is a better alternative. Some of you have allowed in your marriage some things that were uh, immoral. And you say, but maybe this will make my spouse happy. No. First you need to ask, does it make God happy? Because if you're redefining yourself according to the world's ideas, the world's methods, then we have an issue because you'll always look like this because it's not being fixed the right way. Are you all following me? So here we are. Satan's taking his opportunity to redefine your marriage, to redefine you as an individual. And then we start seeing things happen like depression, frustration, anxiety. Teenagers start cutting because they say, I don't know how to feel. I asked my daughter, I said, why do teenagers cut? She said, I don't really know. I don't know if anybody really has an, a, a full understanding of why. It's just an outlet. It's something physical, an outward thing I can do to say I'm mad. 
because you don't understand what's going on because you, this is confusing. Because you had an issue that wasn't handled properly and over time it's completely shattered you and so you can't see clearly anymore. And with anxiety and anger and confusion, you find yourself listening to the whispers of Satan going, okay, maybe there is a different way to live. I'll compromise my morals. I, I, I'll start questioning even the simplest things like, am I a man or a woman? My sexuality. Because everything you knew before, you thought made sense, now doesn't make sense. So somebody's whispering in your ear and said, well, maybe you weren't made to look like that. Maybe you, we could put it back together in a way that you look distinctly different according to Satan's idea instead of God's will. Does that make sense? This is called confusion. Anytime that you're dealing with a sexual confusion in life, it's because Satan planted the seed in your brain. Things were meant to be easy, but Satan's made it complex. Let's, let's, let's just finalize this, okay? Here's this woman that didn't fit in anywhere. She had no identity. She couldn't even leave because according to the, the, the law, she wasn't permitted, to, according to the Mosaic law, she's not permitted to be in public because she has a bleeding issue. She's unclean. It's not just a seven day out of one month. We're talking about every day. So she's like, I have nothing going for me. I don't know who I am. I'll never get married. I'll never have kids. I'll never be happy. I'll always be labeled as unclean. I am an outcast. And that's what shattered does. It makes you, it makes you an outcast. But I want you to know, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, you're a chosen generation if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're, you have the royal priesthood, holy nation. You're peculiar. You're, you're different. You're, you stand out. You are special. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And you say, no, I'm not. Well, right now you don't feel like that because this is you. But if you hold on a little bit longer and maybe even next week come back, I'll show you, and, and I literally want to put this back together, and I know it's going to be a challenge because I'm going to do it my way. We're talking about doing it God's way. But when it's put back together, you will not believe, you will not believe how much better this will look than that will look. I know you're saying no, because there's going to be chunks missing. I promise you the shattered life is going to look better than the whole life when you put it back together God's way. And when you show up, you'll just begin to be like, all right, that, that makes sense. So here we are. Your issue should not redefine you, because here's something that Christian says to me all the time, says it when he preaches, don't use a permanent solution for a temporary situation. And I believe that's so true. So in the next passage of scripture in Mark chapter 5, verse 26, the Bible says that she spent all she had and nothing got better but grew worse. A shattered life redefines who you are, but a shattered life does not get better by doing it your way. Never gets better by doing it your way. You're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort, just like she did. She spent all. She was spent, as we used to say. I don't know. That what they say anymore. I don't. Spent. I have nothing else to give. Have you ever been home and your, your spouse says to you, I have nothing else to give? Our children, they were created by Satan, not God. Our, our marriage, you know, you do nothing around here. You lay around, you watch TV all night, and then you go to bed at 12 midnight, and then you snore. I added that part because my wife told me I do that. You're at a place in your life where you feel like I have nothing else to give. And if you ask me for anything, oh, it'll be bad. 
because I don't want to give any more. I am shattered, I am broken, and I don't know how to do this on my own. I can't do it my way anymore because it's not working and it didn't work for her. We can do everything in our own power to restore life, but once we do it our way, it never looks happy. I'm going to close. Okay, we're done. This way, have you ever put something together your way instead of the right way? You were desperate to put it together as quick as you could. I don't know if this works at all, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, okay? just reminds me when we first got married, we were living in Tennessee. <laughs> we didn't have central air and heat in this little, we lived in a trailer in the middle of the field. We had this window unit in our bedroom, right? And Bree could sleep through anything. A terrorist could come in, shoot up the house, steal everything we have, put Nazi symbols on the wall, and she'd just be gone. And I'd have to save the day. But this particular night, this little individual, this critter, this, I hated it. It was a cricket. And it somehow always crawled into the window unit. And about 3 in the morning, it would make its chirping sound. I just learned yesterday that's what it's called, chirping. I thought it was just birds make chirping sounds. And I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't stand it. I had enough. And the window unit is right next to our bed. So I get up at like 3 in the morning. And I'm angry. And I'm gonna, I am determined. I will find this cricket. I will kill this cricket. I will torture this cricket because I will finally get one night's rest. So I go outside in the middle of nowhere where we lived, and I go to that window unit. And I'm looking with a flashlight through the vents, and I see him. And it's like he's looking at me like, bring it on. And I did because all I could find is off spray, a can of off spray. And I'm like, I will use the whole can on your face. And I sprayed him, and I sprayed him until the whole can was empty. And he died. He thought he was cool because he's swimming a little bit, but he died. I am so confident in what I did. I fixed the issue. <laughs> and then I go in the house, and I clean up, and I go into my bedroom, and I'm like, is my wife alive? <laughs> the fumes were so strong. I thought, that's what's probably wrong with you. You were a little baby, and you were... You're like, daddy. <laughs> but it didn't fix the issue. It made a bigger issue. And all night, I couldn't sleep because I had headaches. And I was frustrated. And then she's mad at me. And things just rolled into bigger issues. You know why? Because I try to fix it my way. You're not going to fix it your way. Are you all with me? That's why you're angry. That's why you're not happy. That's why you are not putting things back together the right way. You were meant to look like that, not like this. So what I want to do is give you a, a challenge to take home with you. It's very easy. Because you can't come back next week and mend it all together the way God was meant, meant for it to be mended unless you do this, okay? What is the issue? I want to ask you this question. When you go home today, start examining your life and ask yourself, what is the issue? Because everybody has issues, and if you don't know what the issue is, you can't fix the issue. Some have a little, maybe one issue. Some have multiple issues. If you don't know what your issue is, you've got to find out what the issue is. Everybody with me so far? What is the source of the issue? What is the issue? What is the source of the issue? <sighs> I love my truck. I've been driving around, and there's a squeak in the dash, and I can't stand it. I'm so angry. I told my wife, I'll even sell the truck to get rid of the squeak. So Ellie's with me, and I said, Ellie, I have a squeak in my dashboard. 
if you find out where the squeak's coming from, I'll give you 50 bucks. We pull in a parking lot. She said, let me crawl up here. She, she's all up on the dashboard. She's listening. I said, Ellie, it's in the dashboard. I just don't know where. And she said, Dad, it's not in the dashboard. It's in the windshield up here. I said, that's impossible. I'm not an idiot. I know it's in the dashboard because I hit the dashboard like 15 times and it stopped. She said, well, you hit the dashboard and it stopped because for whatever reason, it wasn't squeaking at that time, but it's right here. And sure enough, my windshield is loose and it's squeaking at the top. I'm not giving her $50. <laughs> but the reality hit me that I was looking all this time in the wrong place and it was making me mad. But I was taking it out on the dashboard and didn't realize the source was the windshield. You take it out on your husband and you don't realize maybe the source of your issue is your childhood. You take it out on your daughter because maybe the source of her issues is somebody at school. You're taking it out on yourself and you don't realize the source of your issues is somebody that's influencing you the wrong way like the physicians in this passage of scripture and you're getting nothing but growing worse. Is everybody with me? So I want to do this. I want to challenge you to do one more thing. What is the issue? What is the source of the issue? But what is the resource you are using to fix your issue? What are you going to to resolve this? You say, I got good friends. Do you have good friends? You got besties that you're leaning on? Because they could be the ones that are the source of your problems because they're giving you bad input. The multitude of counselors, there's safety, but the multitude of bad counselors, there's just danger. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Because I know all of that plays into your issue. You say, well, I'm just really down because you're listening to music that's really down. That's not a resource that's going to help you. I just got a dirty mind because you watch dirty things. I just don't like my husband. It's because you're checking out somebody else's husband. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Usually it's the flip side. It's the wife. It's not the issue. It's the husband checking out another woman. This is real life. So I, wanna, I want you to focus for a minute with heads bowed just for a second. And I want to challenge you before we leave to pray with me. To ask yourself, am I shattered? I'm going to ask you to pray. As it begins to play and they begin to sing in just a second, all I'm going to say, what about God? Have you included him into what you're dealing with? Or are you just trying to do it all on your own? Because we're talking about putting life back together God's way. So, well, we've been talking about it. Well, maybe you should quit talking about it and do something about it. We're going to work on it. Yeah? How long is that going to take to finally start working on it? Some of you just made a big step today because you're listening. You're not just listening with your ears, you're listening with your heart. And that's really the start to have a change. Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, it's not over yet. You're not shattered to the point that you cannot be made whole. And the way you're made whole is simply step back and realize what shattered you. What is the issue? And how did that issue develop over time? What was let go? Has it redefined you? Because it's redefined you, then you need to make a change, and it starts today. A shattered life doesn't get better by doing it your way. You're going to have to give it to God and let him do it his way. So the first step of letting God do it his way is listen to the conviction. You hear that conviction in your heart? You don't verbally hear it. If somebody's whispering in your ear, 
That could be creepy. I'm talking about God pricking your heart. If you are here today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you've never truly, from your heart, trusted him, then your life will never be put back together. The first step is give your life to Jesus. You say, I know for sure I've given my life to Jesus. I am a believer, and I know it for sure. Would you raise your hand? Would you raise it high? Just don't be ashamed. It's okay. Cool, cool, cool. You may, be, you may put it down. Here's my next question. You say, you know, I don't think I've ever done that. For a matter of fact, I'm pretty confident that I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ because I have so many other things I'm thinking on, believing in, and it just made sense. But the, the word of God is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the one that's going to give you true life, true direction, and help you put your life back together. But the first step you have to do is believe. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is a gift of God, not of works. You say, what does that mean? It means you can't work your way into heaven. You're never going to be good enough. Just believe, believe, believe. Faith is a precious gift from God. You can believe in whatever you want to believe in. You want to believe in Martians? Go ahead and believe in it. But I'll tell you what the Bible does. It gives you something worth believing in. It's called truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ is real. He lived, he died, and he rose again, and he is the Son of God. And there is no other way into heaven but through him and him alone. So by faith, if you want to say, hey, today, this is my day. I want to put my life back together God's way. Then it starts by asking Christ in your life. You say, I, nobody's looking right now. And you say, in my seat, right where I'm at, I need that. I need, a, I need to accept Christ. Would you raise your hand just quietly? Good, I see that. Anybody else? Real quiet. You don't have, nobody's going to point you out or anything weird. We're not like that. Okay. Maybe you're not raising your hand, but this is speaking directly to you. This is what you need to do. To yourself, by yourself, from your heart, you just simply say, God in heaven, I know in your own words, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived, he died, and he rose again. And I put my faith in you. Save me. Change me. I'm trusting you. I believe that Jesus Christ is real. And by faith, I'm trusting him today. In your own words, from your heart, because if you don't mean it from your heart, it's worthless. A prayer does nothing. But a prayer from the heart changes lives. If you just said that quietly to yourself, without making a scene, nobody's looking, nobody's looking, would you just quietly raise your hand just a little bit, just pick it up, good. Anybody else? This is a new beginning for you, and I believe if you meant it, your life is just beginning, and it's going to get really, really great. For the rest of you, it's simple. You're a believer and you trusted Christ, but you're shattered maybe. You're not mended yet. Why don't you just give it up now? Just give it up. Quit trying to piece it together. Give it to God. Examine where you're at, where the source is, and let's start now. If you're with me and you believe that's the way to go, would you stand to your feet? Would you stand with your, to your feet right now, all together? And would you sing from your heart and just say, God, I'm giving it to you. I love you. And as we close this out, I commit to you as we sing together.